Paris et bonjour la France. Welcome to the new and only radio show in Paris, 100% in English, hosted by a real Parisian girl. I'm Julie Collat, the comedian of the stand-up comedy road show running in Paris. Oh my God, she's Parisian. In this show, we will talk about changing your life and making your dreams come true, because that's what I did. I went from lawyer to producer and comedian of my own stand-up comedy show. I want to share with you amazing stories of people who all have two points in common. They're in love with Paris and they have realized their dreams and tried to change their destiny. So now let's go for half an hour of discussion with a touch of humor, a pinch of non-politically correct, and that je ne sais quoi that makes Parisians so special. So now let's dive into the world of Jessica Lederman. Bonjour, Jessica. Bonjour, hi. Hi. So, Jessica, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Thank you for resting me. Yeah, because I know you live in Tel Aviv. Yeah, right. So I'm going to introduce you in a few words. So you were born in Paris in a family of artists. Your dad is a producer and your whole family is in the business. Um, you told me that since you were a child, you've always wanted to be a foreign correspondent, right? Right. Yeah. And after brilliant studies, you traveled the world from wars to Mali, Philippines, the American elections, and your life was a dream. I mean, you had the dream job. And one day you told me that something changed. So now let's go back to the beginning of your story, Jessica. So it's great. I mean, you've always known what you wanted to do. It's pretty rare. Yeah, I've never thought about it this way. But yes, I think it's a, it's a chance. It's a chance to know since you are very, very young to know what you really want to do. And that's true that for me, being a field reporter, like a foreign affairs correspondent for TF1, which is the leading channel in France, was always my dream. I grew up watching the news on TF1 since I was a kid. I was watching the news at 8 p.m. when I was five, and it was back then it was the Gulf War. And I was telling my mother, Mom, I will be like this one. This one was, back then it was Patricia Lemodière, Naïda Nakad, Florence Schall, all the, the first women were senior reporters. And I told my mother, one day I will be like them. And um, 20 years later, 19 years later, when I was 24, I started working next to these women who are in the same department but that's, that's for like, TF1. Yeah, I mean, that's like incredible. Like people who are listening to us right now are like, okay, Jessica, she had, your, your, your dream job was not to be Madonna like a lot of little girls or like an opera dancer. You wanted to be a reporter. That's just incredible. And one day, You, with the ladies that you watch on TV, you were there. Yeah, I was the lady on TV. I became the ladies on TV. And the, 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 it's not just a problem, but um, there are, of course, great advantages of being a field reporter because for me, it was my dream. Why it was my dream? It's because I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to discover countries, cultures. I wanted to always... I, I need things to go fast and to be new all the time. So... I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to give a voice to people that other people wouldn't give them a voice. And I, I was doing it and I wanted to do it for television because I love images. I love also, and we'll speak about it later, I think, but I also love images, photography. And uh, and live, it, it's really fun for me to cover things live. It's an adrenaline that you will never find yeah, anywhere that, else. That's the thing. That's the thing. You told me about this adrenaline and you also told me that your friends who were in Paris were not having the same life. No, and 
this is this is where there is a big imbalance. It's like you have this life. You live in really in the microcosm for like a week, two weeks, three weeks, depending on the length of the mission when, of the of the assignment when you are in the field, and then you come back to your life in Paris. And basically, when you come back to your life in Paris, you take you land in a Roissy or all the airport, and you take the cab, and you are alone in the cab, and you go back to your apartment where no one is waiting for you, no husband, no kids, no family. You're just alone, and you're alone, and you wait for what? You wait for the next phone call from your boss and to say, uh, Jess, can you take a plane and go to Philippines because so, they're so your life was a suitcase because you told me. Something. Something really funny. You told me I had three suitcases. Yeah, I had three suitcases in my uh, in in the in my uh, car all the time. Uh, one for uh, winter uh, clothes, one for uh, summer clothes and floodings and boots and stuff, and one like more jackets and uh, stuff uh, for uh, life coverage. Because you never know, you know where you start your day, you never know where you're going to end up your day, never. And when you leave, you never know when you're going to come back. You never know if it's going to be for two days, a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It, it, it's re it's really exciting, really, really. When I, I started when I was 24, so between 24 and 30, I, I was doing my, I was living my dream life. But it's a lot of um, of unbalance. It's very hard to manage to get this life balanced with a stable private life, especially if you are a woman. I think, and I am a woman, and it's a. This is just realistic. What I'm saying, it's impossible to to do both. At least to build, to build both at the same time. Maybe because I, it started very fast for me, like very fast I went on very big assignments abroad and very important things. Then I couldn't build at the same time a private life. Maybe if things, if things would have gone like a bit more slowly, I would have built my private, private life slowly, slowly built my professional life. And then I will be on the cycle. But everything... It couldn't happen at the same time. So you felt like your friends were building things, families, stable jobs. Yeah, I was well. always the oboe in the in the group of friends. I was always the one who was coming back with What? like dirty clothes and sure. and like boots. And one day I bumped into someone in an airport, and I had a connecting flight. I don't remember where it was, and he was with his family, very nicely dressed, and and I was with my crew. We were coming from covering floods. I don't remember floodings. I don't remember where it was. And I, I had my boots and my uh, my jumper full of mud and and wet. And my was with my camera crew. We were all like wearing field clothes. And he was like, "How are you?" And I'm great. How are you? And he sounded like boring, like hell. And and this is the problem. You come back to Paris and. You nothing can give you the, the level of adrenaline of that you get when you are in the field. Nothing. You go to dinners. You go to dates. You go to parties. But people have the people same. People have the same of life. Course. They don't. That's, yeah, and I respect life. it. I don't say that with any form of disdain or anything. I, I really respect it. But I was bored. This is where it started to be very. I, I maybe I have some distance with my life, and I and I thought, okay, it cannot be like this. I cannot put all my eggs in the same basket. I cannot like only have my job. Back then I didn't know that there were other sources of happiness other than being sent on an assignment for TF1. Yeah, so you were one of the rising stars of TF1 and one day you turned 30 yeah. and you told me you have a burnout, a kind of a burnout. I started to have like kind of a burnout. I, I had the chance to do a lot of uh, great assignments already uh, to be sent abroad to, to cover like real, real things, not just like uh, crime stories in, uh, in Paris. And, uh, and I thought to myself, I just came back from actually from covering the, the funeral of uh, Nelson Mandela in uh, South Africa. And it, this was my dream also. So I came back from that and I, and I told myself, okay, you're 30. You did like things that were 
really like I was thrilled about them. But I looked around me and I was like alone. And I started to be bored because it was always the same, always the same routine. And I was coming back to Paris and I was just expecting the phone call to be sent somewhere. And I didn't take any pleasure anywhere else. And so I started to think, to think, to think. And thanks to uh, friends, uh, social uh, rights. French social rights, yeah. Uh, I had, uh, I could put like, days of, um, of holidays, vacation, holidays, yeah. paid holidays in an account. Some and people so, listening to us won't understand that. That's so very French. <laughs> I don't know how it, it happened, but I found myself with like six months paid vacations that I needed to take because Incredible, I didn't, guys. <laughs> that I didn't take before. And so, and also after five years of CDI in France, you can take like a year of like sabbatical, like non-paid yeah. holidays. So I went to see my boss and I told her, listen, I need to speak to you. I'm kind of burning out and uh, I need a break. And she thought, yeah, sure. You need a month, two weeks. And I said, no, no. I need a year. I, I need a year. Oh, my God. And uh, she fell from her chair because I, I went from being the girl who never went into vacation because I was scared to miss like one one assignment, the slightest assignment I was scared to miss. And suddenly I was telling her, I want to take a year. Listen, I have six months paid vacation that I need to take. Let's add like six other months. I have a project. I want to go to Israel. I love this country. I've been to Tel Aviv like a couple of times just for vacation. It's very, it was fun. Uh, the weather is great. The beaches are amazing. The culture is amazing. The food is delicious. Uh, the men are hot. Like everything. Yes, they are. I can, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can actually, I can actually <laughs> say that maybe that Israel guys are the most beautiful men in the world. Yeah, for the sure. The more handsome ones. By the way, the girls, true. the girls We're too. not with, with a the, Israeli guy. The, yeah. the girls are very beautiful too. I because, know, I've seen that already, but because, I don't care. Because no, but it's a country where people live outside. They, yeah. they work out a lot. They are always on the beach. The weather is like really nice seven months of the year. So I don't know why. I, I have Jewish roots, of course, but I, I, have, I don't have any Israel, family in Israel. I've never been on a regular basis to Israel in vacation when I was a kid. So basically, I told my boss, I want to go to Israel. I'm going to go there. I'm going to learn Hebrew. I'm going to learn about the society, about the conflict there, about what, what is going on there, because I knew all the Arabic country around, all the Arab countries around, but not, not Israel. So I went to Israel. She said, OK, just a year, but promise me. You'll come back. Yeah, she said, promise me that you're not going to meet the man of your life. And I said, you know me, nah, of course not. Huh? In a year, I'm back. I, le I went and two weeks after I arrived, I met the person who is now my husband. And this was four years ago and I never came back. And you never came back. So, but in, in Israel, you had, you, you found a job. You found a great job, actually. In Israel, I found a job in my field uh, because I think that you cannot change everything at the same time. I mean, I changed a country and it was not an English speaking country like New York or London. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's the fucking much. Middle East. It's like the dessert the dessert and you don't know the, the 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 language it's hebrew i had to start from the beginning to learn hebrew so i was the manager of a channel called i24 news who has like three channels one french english and arabic and uh, i was the manager of the french channel so it was uh, different i was not on the field anymore i was there to professionalize the um, the the all the team like all the staff I stayed there a bit more than two years. It allowed me to really build my social life there, to meet my best friends, to meet amazing people, amazing journalists, to build, to build my social network. And uh, a couple of months before we get married, uh, we, we got married, I quit. And this was now in uh, March of this year, and uh, we got married in May. So what's totally crazy is that, because I've, I've gone through the same thing, is that you told me that it's not easy to feel what people are thinking about you 
what, what you think people are thinking, wow, she had a great job. She doesn't have a job anymore. I had twice a great job, actually. Yeah, you had twice a great, and now she does, she, she's doing nothing. You know, it's really no. hard. I mean, social pressure yeah. on people is really hard when you decide to do what you really want to do. It, it's like an intuition. It's, it's an intuition really deep inside you that says that, that tells you that there is another path for you, that, that you need to get rid of all the layers that the society puts on you to, to go mm. find yourself. Yeah. And this is a quest and it's not going to happen overnight. And right now people are asking me, what do you do every day? I do tons of things, but I cannot tell them that I go at 8 a.m. somewhere, I finish at 6, I tag my uh, thing and that's it and I'm done with my day. It's, it's not of the way it happens. No. Of course. I, I, I now I'm dedicating myself to, to, to try to, you should, at the beginning you shoot in all directions. Like, you shoot in all directions. Yeah, you, you, you love meet photography. Pe- yeah, I love photography. You love food. I love food. I love discovering, and I love travel. So right now, what I'm doing, um, it's it started with a joke with my friends because they all everyone around me was always asking me, uh, Jess, I'm going to New York. Where should I eat? I'm going to Madrid. Where should I eat cookies? Where should I eat that? Where should I? So they told me start an Instagram page and do something with your addresses. And uh, I thought that on Instagram, it wouldn't be very original to start a page with like global and general addresses. So I started a page that reviews the best chocolate chip cookies around the world because it's something... That's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I've been from Mali to cookies. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's that's a, a good one. From Mali to cookies. It's, it's We're going to do that. Yeah. It's a friend of mine who told me that. And she, and, and it's, it's hard to, to accept that your center of interest is not foreign policy anymore it's not being on the field and cover wars it's like to do things i've always traveled to countries to cover attacks terrorism um earthquakes wars problems problems and now i want to cover i want to speak about the same countries these same countries but differently but positively with lighter things it's also after 10 years of professional life where i've been doing that that so now i want to speak about food about uh, positive yeah. positive things like so jessica right now you're trying you've changed your life and i've changed sh- my life yeah i am alone first now yeah. i'm not i'm not uh, working for any big company anymore i am by myself it's also a challenge and i am building this page that uh, grew very very fast i have very uh, a lot of very good feedback and i hope that uh, this page is uh, going to become a book at some point uh, i really want to start like to do guide food guides but in an original way because it 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 really mixes everything i love it's like writing photography i always try to take like nice pictures i don't take just a simple picture of a cookie in a plate i always try to show the world show the city with the cookie i do a review i speak with the chef i speak with the the founder of the bakery shop no, people the are going to be really people are going to be really interested <laughs> and uh, and i love it and i travel a lot i still have the chance to travel a, a lot my husband needs to travel to new york a lot so of course new york is full of amazing addresses paris as well i come very often to visit my family so I have like tons of good addresses. Tel Aviv and Israel is now becoming like a really a food capital oh, yeah, of the it world. Is, it is. I've heard that. I've heard uh, that. We are going to Australia in like 10 days, Singapore, Asia. Like we, this is, this is what I love. It, it, it gives, it, it gives a meaning and a sense to, to my travels and to my trips. And, uh, and this is what I want to share now with my eyes, with the eyes of the journalist that I used to be. I am still a journalist and I will never stop being a journalist. It's just that I want to speak about other stuff in another way. And my way, not the way a big, yeah, a big media outlet, outlet yeah. is going to tell me. So, yeah, it, it's a pretty big change because you find yourself alone. No one is here to tell you what to do. I am not, uh, I don't have like the, the, the background of a big, big company behind me. Sure, but it's, it's inspiring. I mean, your story is really inspiring because you changed everything. 
And yeah, and I also want to write now. Are I you really happy? W- yeah. Are you happy with what you did? I told, I asked you this question last night on the phone. Are you happy? I am. Because the, I think that I am the happiest I've ever been, and I have zero regrets about what I did. It doesn't mean that the 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 journey is easy. It doesn't mean that the journey is uh, is is free of any questioning of any hard moment. You're stressed, of course. Yeah. yeah, and there are because you don't know. I left four years ago, and I was supposed to come back a year after. And I would like, yeah, it's a very happy ending. We got married four months ago. We are going on honeymoon in a week. I'm doing my stuff. I'm, I'm I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, I, I live in Israel. I have tons of friends, of amazing people around me. I do what I love every day. I wake up, I'm excited about, I, I used to love what I was doing. It's just that at some point it burnt out. But I, I found the flame again, like the, the, the little like sparkles that, that were dead at some point in my life when I realized that I was a bit bored in my life. And I, now everything came back again. And I'm happy to wake up in the morning to go to meet new people. And these new people are not like victims or it's people who are just positive and want to influence the world with like nice light things. And I do think that the world needs that more than ever with the hard context that we all know. Écoutez, I think it's super what you just said. So Jessica, <laughs> right now, we're going to come to the funny part, oh. really, of the show. Which are the questions? Oh my God, she's Parisian. Let's go. So first, I've asked you to bring an object that you like. Yeah. What is it? I have two things. Does it work? Uh, I have a ring that uh, used to belong to my mother, who passed away when I was uh, 19, so... 15 years ago. So this is a ring and I never um, put it off since then. And this is the last present she offered she me for my uh, 19th, no, 18th birthday. Uh, yeah, 18th birthday. And uh, these two, like the, the necklace and the, and the ring match. So I never uh, Yeah, I see off. that. They're beautiful. Thank you. So these are my two uh, lucky charms. So now let's go to the French song because this is oh, one yeah, of yeah, the yeah. things in the show. You have to sing... It's a terrible. little bit of the French French song that you like. Okay, are like you sure? Small. Are you sure about of that? Of course, no, I'm because sure. I sing terribly. That's what all people say. But sometimes you never know. You no, can no. be selling the. No, but the worst know, the know. worst part is that I think I sing very well. But but people... it's good. So it's good. So it's perfect. <laughs> I can look at the lyrics. Sure, sure. Bien sûr, j'ai murmuré leur nom, j'ai caressé leur front et j'ai partagé leurs frissons. Mais d'aventure en aventure, de train en train, de port en port, jamais encore, je te le jure, je n'ai pu oublier ton corps. Mais d'aventure en aventure, de train en train, de port en port, je n'ai pu fermer ma blessure, je t'aime encore. Oh, bravo <rire> No, but you have. She's got a good voice. I mean, you really have a good voice. I no, know the I, song. I, I, d'aventure en aventure. C'est, c'est Serge Lama. C'est Serge Lama. Yes, yeah. That's Serge Lama, guys. Yeah, he's a French singer. I love this Famous. song. It's a very sad song. Yeah, it, but it's it beautiful. Really <laughs> but it's beautiful. I, mean, I love it. No, you, you can actually. You can. I, we've. I've had way worse than you. I mean, you're good. I mean, you're good. So now I have a few questions for you. Give me your favorite French swear word. Putain. Ouais, of putain. course. That's putain, of putain. course. Putain. Okay. Uh, can you describe for me a French kiss? Describe? Few, yeah, like, like in a few words. What do you like? Close your eyes. French kiss. What is it for you? It's uh, intense and it's uh, deep and rainy. It, rainy? Yeah, it's under the rain. Oh, it's under the rain. Wow. Yeah. What, um, I'm sure you've kissed people in Paris. What, what, where, where was the best place? 
it's hard. And I don't remember. You don't remember? You don't have like this feeling when you kissed a guy, you were like young. Whatever. I think I think it's in the street. I think of it's in the street. It's in the, the I, street. Think, I think it's in the street in the rain. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it was cliche. on the Pont des Arts. I remember <laughs> it was on the Pont des Arts. I was like, woo! No, I, I think that my best kiss in Paris was uh, in a random street of Paris in the rain a Saturday afternoon. So romantic, right? And I was standing right. on the sti- so sidewalk. Right? And now can you tell me what you think Parisians are sexy? Or they have that je women ne sais quoi. Or, or, or oh, men? Ma- let's say women. Let's say, what do you think? I've never French loved women? Paris as much since I don't live in Paris oh, anymore. Oh, that's all people say. Actually. No, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going back tomorrow to Tel Aviv and I've just spent like five full days in Tel Aviv, in Paris, sorry, right now. And I left Paris as a tourist because I needed for my pictures as well. But wow, this city is just the most beautiful city in the world. People are beautiful, class. Oh, come on, they're not all beautiful. No, people are class. They know classy, how to dress. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they have class. They, they know how to dress. They know how to, to move, to behave. Like the, the terraces, the cafe, the everything. Everything is so beautiful. But yeah, I do miss Paris. And I even do miss the Parisian. I, I, I never thought I would say that one day. But yes, I do miss Paris and the Parisian. Yeah. So now, can you like give me like the fashion brand that for you is Paris? What is like, tell me, a brand, fashion brand that you would wear every day, which represents... I think it's like Bash, Sandro, these brands are yeah, like for me the, the go-to brands um, when you're Maj. The, these brands are really the Parisian, Parisian Of course, brands. and now they're everywhere in the and world, And right? now they are everywhere in the world. But for me, when I used to live in... When you live in Tel Aviv, you don't dress the same. You don't need, like, classy clothes. It's very hot all the time. You are always on your bike. It's not the same kind of... I want to be there. <laughs> so you I want to wear a swimsuit every day. So, so you simply cannot wear this clothes. So <laughs> when, I, when I am here... Ah, Hero is one of my uh, favorite brands Oh, here. me too. Hero is, like... Because it's classy, but it's very... It's still comfortable. It's not, like, tight and... So yeah, for me it's very Parisian. It's very Parisian yeah, uh, with like a leather jacket and a, a dress. Hero is a, it's very very brand. Parisian. Love that brand. So um, can you tell me a few words about Brigitte Macron? Just like, like I've had funny things. Like what go through your can't mind? Can't right people now? leave her alone? This person <laughs> can can't people leave her leave? I just love Brigitte. She's I, in my show. I, I talk about Brigitte in my show. I, I think that this woman has has a lot of guts. And yeah, she, she, she went for, she, she, she's living life. She's living her life. Yeah. And she doesn't care. Right? We, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. And who are we to judge her? And who are we to, to, to analyze everything she does? And she's doing things. And yes, she's a, with a younger man. Do people around are like, are, are people around better than her? No. So. No, that's French people. They're judging. French people are judgmental. That's the thing. I yeah, think she's course. very classy. She has yeah, a lot of class. Is. She dresses yeah. very well. I want her legs. Brigitte, if you listen to me, give me your legs. And I think that a lot of people are jealous. And this is for the shallow part. But just we need to leave her alone and leave her life and, and let her do what she wants to do. Yeah, That's of course. Yeah, people don't say, why did Trump marry a young woman? And when Macron married Brigitte, no, it's a huge problem. But it's not a problem anymore. Actually, I think it's cool that you can marry such a young guy. I have much more things to say, of course. And I have much more things to say about what Emmanuel Macron is doing than about what Brigitte Macron is wearing every day. That's my next question. What do you think about our president? It's very funny because since he was elected, I I don't Mm. live here anymore. I know. So that's true that I am not like... 
I don't feel the same interest in what he's doing on, on a very French you know, level. People loved him. But right now, I mean, yeah, ooh, it's going w down. What down, I down, care down, about, down. though, is the image of France abroad, because now I am a representative of, of French, of, yeah, of French sure, culture and sure, of France abroad. Sure. And it's very embarrassing when people start to speak about Macron as a joke. And even in the newspaper, even if, even if in Israel, France is not very often the headlines of, uh, of the newspaper. But still... Uh, I mean, Emmanuel Macron is really seen as a joke of a president abroad. And really? People, well, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, mean, that's yeah, like yeah, fantastic. People, yeah, people really like make fun of him all the time and speak more about Brigitte Macron. And he, 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 he really like the, the, the presidential function, like the presidential status really lost its like charisma with him for people abroad. They were used to Jacques Chirac and this Oh, guy. come on, they were so old. I mean, we have a young president. The guy is younger than me. I mean, that, that was so depressing for me when he got elected. You know, I cried for like a week. I, I, I actually voted for the guy. But I, I, I was like, I, said, I, I told my husband, oh my God, he's younger than me. I mean, the guy is fucking president of, of, of France. I mean, this, this is just incredible that like, we did that. I mean, France is so sometimes what we say retrograde. I mean, it's fantastic. That's what I think. So now, Jessica, can you give us a name of a place that you would recommend that you love, like a restaurant, a bar, whatever, a thing that you like in Paris where you like to go? I think that I will recommend any small cafe, old school cafe in Paris Terrace. You can even Absolutely. sit in the terrace or inside at the counter. This is so Parisian. You have an espresso, you have a croissant in the morning and it makes your day. Mm. I can recommend a very good cookie place, but... Oh, come on, say it. <laughs> no, you just have to go to my page Instagram for that. Alors, cookies of the world. Cookies of the world. And you need to follow me and you're going to see like all the reviews of all the amazing cookies that I tasted in Paris, in New York, in Tel Aviv, in Australia soon, in Singapore, in other places and countries, in Europe, all over the world. And you will discover my best addresses for the most delicious, ooey, gooey, chewy chocolate chip cookies. So right now, I think we are at the end. Already? Just, yeah, it goes really fast, yeah. huh? So, Jessica, that was a pleasure to have you today because you're flying back tomorrow to Tel Aviv. Yeah, tomorrow morning. Um, so, guys, don't forget to go on Jessica's page. You'll find all the information on World Radio, on the website. And also, don't forget to come and see my show. Oh, my God, she's Parisian. Every Friday and Saturday night at Théâtre Beau Saint-Martin. More information on my website at www.juliecolas.com. And you will also find this radio show podcasted here. Thank you so much, guys. Au revoir, La France. Au revoir, Paris. Au revoir, Jessica. Au revoir. Thank you so much. Thank you for hosting me. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Me Thank too. you. Thank you.